Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today on Inside Politics, the desperate escape from a war zone. Hundreds of Americans are waiting at the Rafah crossing, hoping to get out of Gaza as soon as today. This as Israeli forces are fighting face-to-face battles with Hamas and pushing into Gaza City, all in response to the unimaginably brutal Hamas massacre last month of some 1,400 Israeli citizens. Plus, President Biden is calling for a pause to get hostages out and aid in. That new public posture comes as political pressure increases on the president from within his own party. And Republicans call out one of their own. GOP senators slam Tommy Tuberville for hours on the Senate floor for continuing to hold up hundreds of military promotions. I'm Dana Bash. Let's go behind the headlines and inside politics. We're going to start with that urgent effort underway right now to get Americans out of Gaza. Hundreds of foreign nationals and dozens of injured civilians are expected to leave the Rafah border crossing, go through there at least today. CNN's Melissa Bell is covering all of this from Cairo. Melissa, what are we seeing at this moment? Dana, what we understand is that a few dozen Americans have now made their way through the Rafah crossing and here safely into Egypt after so many days of uncertainty. In fact, it wasn't until yesterday that this process began at all, having seemed completely blocked thus far, Dana. Uh, What we understand is that there should be many more to come. In fact, what happened overnight is that a fresh list was published with nearly 600 names on it, including the names of 400 American citizens who were due for evacuation today. So that process appears uh, to be moving along fairly quickly when it comes to American citizens. This is a pretty opaque process. What we understand from the Egyptian side uh, is that the full 7,000 foreign or dual national citizens who are inside the Gaza Strip will be allowed out. How the daily lists are organized uh, is a matter for negotiation uh, with uh, Hamas, Israel, Egypt. Uh, And it is pretty opaque. We don't really have much insight into that. And from what we're hearing from the many different consular services that have turned up at the Rafah crossing to try and get their citizens out, uh, is that they don't have a great deal of say in how the lists are organized. The other difficulty, Dana, that people are having is that we had another communications blackout inside Gaza yesterday. Very difficult to be for families that are on this side or outside in the wider world to be able to get word to their families inside Gaza that their names are even on the list. So it's a pretty chaotic situation inside still. People are making their way out at long last and bringing with them tales of what's been going on inside. And I think uh, that is something already and in and of itself uh, that is a cause of uh, some celebration for the families who've been waiting so desperately for the news that their loved ones would be able to get out, Dana. Elizabeth, thank you so much for that reporting. Now to Israeli forces pushing deeper into Gaza. The IDF says troops are now in a, quote, significant part of Gaza City as their fight against Hamas terrorists intensifies. CNN's Jeremy Diamond is in Sarot. Jeremy, 
What are you hearing from the IDF at this point about what's happening right across the border from you? Well, Dana, the chief of staff of the Israeli military saying that his forces have been operating inside of Gaza City, which is Hamas's stronghold in northern Gaza for the last several days. But he also says that they are operating, quote, in very significant areas of Gaza City. There has been intense fighting ongoing over these last six days since Israeli forces launched their expanded ground operation inside of Gaza uh, between Israeli forces and Hamas militants. But even as Israeli forces push deeper into the Gaza strip into that uh, stronghold of Gaza City. They are also still dealing with intense battles with Hamas fighters right behind my shoulder in the northeasternmost part of Gaza City. Throughout the day, Dana, we have been hearing active fights between Hamas militants and Israeli soldiers. We've been hearing artillery fire going out from near our position here in southern Israel into the Gaza Strip, but also hearing mortar fire within the Gaza Strip. We know that Hamas fighters have been using mortars against Israeli forces. And what we've also learned is that Hamas fighters have been making use of that underground tunnel system inside of Gaza to ambush Israel. Israeli forces. That happened late last night. Overnight, Israeli forces in northern Gaza were ambushed by Hamas forces, according to the IDF. Uh, and we've been hearing that uh, Israeli forces have broken down Hamas's northernmost defensive front lines. But even as that happens, the fact that those tunnels exist provides the uh, presents the risk to Israeli forces that those Hamas fighters can come in behind them and ambush them. And that does uh, seem to be happening with some intensity over the last uh, 24 hours. Dana. And Jeremy, I just want to underscore what you're reporting. And we've seen some of the images. But up, up until a few days ago, uh, the the bulk of the action that we saw was from the air. Uh, and what we are seeing in an even more intense way as the IDF gets closer and more into the urban centers, particularly Gaza City, you're seeing some real urban combat between IDF soldiers and the Hamas terrorists that they're looking for. Yeah, that's right. That does appear to be beginning. And again, we don't have perfect insight into what's happening inside of Gaza because uh, journalists from, uh, you know, are unable to get inside of Gaza unless you were already in there before this fighting started on October 7th. But it is true that uh, the the forces on the ground are engaging with those Hamas militants. They are making use of close air support. We've seen several Apache helicopters coming in to provide that air support. The question now, Dana, is how far, how deep into those urban areas are they going to go? We've still seen seen those the most densely populated areas of these cities, including the Jabalia refugee camp yesterday. Israeli forces are still using air power to target Hamas militants in those underground uh, complexes in those densely populated areas. The question over the coming days and weeks will be whether those Israeli forces will be willing to go deeper into those uh, population centers uh, where the fighting again will be much, much more intense. Yeah, that's important to, uh, to, to sort of clarify there that it's not an either or. It's it's a very much an and uh, that's happening right now when it comes to the kind of, uh, of fighting and the power that Israel is trying to use. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for that. And here at home, President Biden is continuing to get pressure to support a ceasefire as Israel continues its military operation in Gaza. CNN's Priscilla Alvarez joins me from the White House. So, Priscilla, President Biden was interrupted at a fundraiser last night with calls for a ceasefire. Tell us what happened in that moment when he responded. 
Dana, this was a moment that really underscored the complicated political landscape that the White House is trying to navigate here, and notably in a setting which was the campaign fundraiser, a campaign fundraiser for the president in Minneapolis yesterday evening. So take a look at the video we have of that interaction. Mr. President, if oh you my care God. about Jewish people as a rabbi, I need you to call for a ceasefire right now. Now, the president acknowledged that protester, according to reporters in the room, saying, quote, I think we need a pause. A pause means give time to get the prisoners out that referring to the hostages that are being held by Hamas in Gaza. Now, this is in line with what White House has said, that they are urging for a humanitarian pause to get the hostages out, but also to get aid into Gaza. And this is something we have heard from the president before, including last week during a press conference where he also suggested that he raised it with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. So far, though, Israel appears to have rejected the idea. Priscilla, thank you. And it's always uh, a question, a big question about what the president is saying publicly versus uh, the sort of diplomatic speak that is going on, or maybe more frank speak that is going on uh, behind the scenes uh, between the president and the prime minister and others at lower levels. Thank you again for that, Priscilla. And as we just heard, President Biden is calling for a pause in the fighting. I want to talk to an IDF spokesperson, Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner. Thank you so much for joining me. Nice to see you again. Can you respond to what President Biden said last night? Uh, he said, pause the fighting in order to get the prisoners out. Will the IDF consider that? Dana, of course, we are very attentive to what President Biden is saying. And we have increased over the last week or so the amount of humanitarian supplies, both medical supplies and foodstuff and water that is coming in through Egypt. And you've reported extensively on CNN how uh, people have been evacuating and dual nationals and foreign nationals have been evacuating. On the question, of course, of the uh, of a humanitarian pause, um, of course, the IDF does not conduct its uh, activities according uh, at the level of diplomacies. We are busy conducting our war, taking the war to Hamas. The diplomats will co conduct the diplomacy, and I think we can leave it at that. Of course, we are very attentive to the uh, the political arena as well. And, and yes, we are pushing forward in order to meet our goals at destroying Hamas and making sure they never have the power to attack us ever again. I think you just, uh, even though you are wearing a uniform, you just very diplomatically said, no, Mr. President, we're not going to do that right now. Uh, and on that note, listen, you, you've heard him. He has gone from saying... Uh, that Israel has a right to defend itself, full stop, that in the, in the days after uh, the horrible, unimaginable attack uh, on October 7th. And now he's calling for this pause. And you, you understand a big reason why he is doing that. There's a lot of political pressure that he is getting here in the U.S., especially within his own party. Uh, President Biden is one of your biggest allies in the entire world right now. So does Israel take what he said to heart? Then I understand the line of questioning, but of course, as you pointed out, as a, a man of uniform, that would be well beyond my pay grade. The situation on the ground is what we are dealing with, how Hamas have utilized the Gaza Strip as a staging ground, putting all of the Palestinians' lives at risk, those that are util being utilized as human shields for Hamas. And we are operating in a way in accordance to the laws of armed conflict to try and minimize the civil strife 
that uh, that the people of Gaza are currently suffering. Unfortunately, uh, you know, this is a reality, not a war that we wanted. It was a war that we were drawn into, um, a, a war declared by Hamas when they butchered and massacred over 1,400 people and abducted 242. So when President Biden is saying uh, to get the prisoners home, of course, we, of course, support that, the prisoners, the hostages, the people that are being held from nine-month-year-old uh, nine-month-old babies to the men and, and women in their 80s, they need to be released. They need to be released now. Um, we are trying, we're operating on the ground to bring that release as soon as possible. Indeed, we re re rescued um, one private, uh, Ori Megiddish, uh, a few days ago and brought her home to her family. And we're operating I in order to bring her home. So the operational level and the diplomatic level and the diplomacy is left for the diplomats. Can I just get you to respond to what the UN said about the strikes that hit the refugee camps? Uh, they, the UN said it could amount to war crimes. What's your response? So I don't accept uh, that at all. All of our operations are conducted within the strict rules of the laws of armed conflict and based on our operational doctrine, which is basically to distinguish between civilians, non-combatants, and terrorist organization for three weeks now we've been calling on the people of northern gaza to evacuate gaza evacuate the north go south move to beyond the wadi gaza to, to get out of harm's way that is what we've been trying to do hamas on the other hand have been telling people and threatening them and intimidating them and in, in certain cases even establish checkpoints to actually physically prevent people from going south so this is you know we are looking very very carefully and even in, in times uh, calling off strikes, but when there are people uh, uh, and when there is uh, infrastructure that is being used to conduct strikes against Israel, and, and even in the last hour, we've had rockets fired again at the heart of Israel, and over 7,500 rockets have been launched at Israel, all of those intended to hit Israeli civilians. All of those in themselves are war crimes. So our responsibility as the Israel Defense Forces is to defend the people, to restore safety and security. And once we achieve our goal and, and rid the world of Hamas as a governing authority of the Gaza Strip with that yeah. has the tools and, and, and capabilities, once we re relieve the world of that organization, that, that merciless uh, government of Gaza, then the lives of people in Gaza, the Palestinians in Gaza and the Israeli lives will be much yeah. better. Yeah, I mean, if, if not for the Iron Dome, we would see... Uh, in, in enormous number of civilian casualties inside Israel. Before I let you go, we are, are hearing from our reporters there, IDF forces are saying that they are currently surrounding the Gaza City area uh, and are operating in significant areas already of Gaza City. Does the IDF intend to take control of the entire Gaza Strip? So what is the importance of Gaza City in this conflict, in this war? It's important to understand. Hamas have turned Gaza City into the beating heart, their fortress of terror. That is where they operated out. That is where they conducted their activities. That is where Yehya Sinwar, the prime minister of Hamas in Gaza, the mastermind of the massacre, that is where he made the decision to finance, plan, and instruct on the execution of the attack. So, of course, as we conduct our encirclement of Gaza City and as we conduct operations from the air and from the sea against targets in Gaza City, which we have been doing for the last three and a half weeks, we will be pushing forward to pursue it in order to achieve 
our goal in dismantling Hamas as the governing authority of Gaza to diminish and, and destroy their terrorist capabilities and make sure that, that, that they can never, ever be a threat to Israel again. Lieutenant Colonel Peter Lerner, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Donna. And coming up, Senate Republicans go after one of their own, blasting Tommy Tuberville for his months-long hold on military promotions. We're going to talk to one of the few senators supporting Tuberville next. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. Celebrities of all kinds are speaking publicly about their therapeutic trips, so to speak. It turns out there is a burgeoning industry ready to serve the new influx of people who find themselves turning away from traditional mental health therapy. The gap between what we know and what we don't about psychedelic therapy. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. There was a heated showdown last night on the Senate floor that lasted more than four hours, and Republicans blasted their fellow GOP Senator Tommy Tuberville because he's been, has had a hold on military promotions over his disagreement with the Pentagon's abortion policy. No matter where you believe it or not, Senator Tuberville, this is doing great damage to our military. To undermine the safety and security of the American people during this perilous time just doesn't make any sense to me. And it's simply a, in my opinion, a, an abuse of the powers we have as senators to say if there's something we vehemently disagree with, that we're going to use that power to hold up the promotion of over 350 men and women in our military. I really respect men of their word. I do not respect men who do not honor their word. Xi Jinping is watching this right now going, I can't believe they're not letting these guys command. He's loving this. So is Putin. They're loving it. How dumb can we be, man? Tuberville, who has been holding up these military promotions since February, just spoke to Armanu Raju. You heard each of these senators say one by one that these, these people, these military personnel, have nothing to do with the policy. They don't, they don't have so why, why hold them up? But it's the only way I can get their attention. And I hate, I have, I've told you all along, I hate to have to do this. But somebody has got to listen to us. Manu's joining me now. Boy, this does not seem like it's going to get solved anytime soon. 
No, absolutely not. In fact, Tuberville told me that, no, he will not back off his insistence that the Pentagon abortion policy to reimburse military personnel travel to get abortion services, he wants that scrapped, won't back off as a result. But in talking to Republicans, including members of the Republican leadership, it is clear their patience has worn thin and they don't support Tuberville continuing down this path. I support what he's trying to accomplish, but I think how you go about that matters. He's correct on the merits, but I think we also have a pressing need to confirm uh, these uh, leaders in the military, given the dangerous world we're living in. Why do we even elect leaders if they're not going to actually resolve differences within the conference? What should the Republican leaders do? Uh, like, actually get a solution? I mean, what, what are they good for? I mean, what's Mitch McConnell doing? So you hear that from the last senator, Senator Hawley, going after Senator McConnell, showing the tension that still persists within the Republican conference. But one thing to watch, Dana, is an effort by the Democratic leader, Chuck Schumer, to try to circumvent Tommy Tuberville, change the rules so they can approve all these nominations in one fell swoop. But they need Republican support to do that, meaning 60 votes in the Senate, nine Republican senators. I talked to a bunch of them today. John Cornyn, for one, does not support changing the rules. Others, though, are open to it. And that's where this may end up given that there seems to be no other end in sight to this growing tension and impasse here in the Senate. Manu, thank yeah. you so much for that reporting. Joining me now is Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma. He is a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. nice to see you in person. Uh, you have defended Senator Tuberville's right. decision to place this hold. Nine months, 300 plus promotions on hold. You stand by that even right yeah. now? You know, we, it's a process, and every senator has a right to do what they're doing. Uh, and what you're seeing is a process work its way through. I think people are getting impatient. Uh, I, Tommy is absolutely coaches right on with his decision on what he's doing, and, and he has the right to do it, and I defend that right. It's just right now we're, we have a lot of military families that are in complete limbo. Yeah. They can't move. They were supposed to have orders to move based on their promotion. Uh, their kids should be starting different schools. We're right here in the process of do they decorate for Christmas or do they not decorate for Christmas? And, and how do we get off center? We've, we've talked to Coach multiple times about possible having off-ramps, uh, and, uh, and he's looking for it. I, I will say he's trying to find a solution, so, but so at you, the same time. So you understand what he's doing, but you think that it's like enough already? I, I think maybe we should narrow the scope and say, okay, if, if we're going to hold people um, accountable for this decision that Secretary Austin made, which they need to be held accountable, let's look at the people that are making the decision, mm -hmm. hold those individuals up, and the families, the, the colonels, that are trying to take new command, or lieutenant colonels is that are advancing that? up. I think I think the conversation. It didn't sound like place. it was Manu. Well, I think the conversation is taking place, but you, the worst thing you can do is try to force somebody's hand. And so there's a right After way. After nine months, I think forcing I, their hand is. Uh, you know, we. Yeah, I agree with that. And Dana, we've offered Secretary Austin, and, and I've had Coach has offered Secretary Austin multiple times, come in visit with us. Come in and have a conversation with us. He hasn't one time came in to the committee and talked to us specifically about this issue. We've also uh, offered say, hey, let's have a vote on the floor. Let's vote on this on the floor and let's see where that. But a lot of Democrats, they don't want to take this vote because it's not popular in their state either when you start talking about reimbursing military personnel for traveling for the specific purpose of having abortion. It goes against the Hyde Amendment plus a rule that President Biden himself voted for that was in the NDA back years ago. Let me just, I want to move on, but let me just ask you about one specific example, because it's sort of 
easy to get lost in the numbers and the timeline. Right. Marine Commandant Eric Smith, right. he, uh, who's a member of the Joint Chiefs, he has said that his task, which he's doing, it was not sustainable. He's doing multiple, right. multiple right. jobs at the highest levels. <clears throat> 58 years old, he just collapsed over the weekend. Hopefully he's gonna be okay. Doesn't that highlight the extreme stress that this one senator is putting on the people at the highest levels of the military who have national security in they, mind they, and that's it? To take an to take a, a incident that happened to the Commandant and think that Tommy had something to do with that, I, I think is a large reach. A Marine is designed and is trained to go through the most difficult times for days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks upon end. It's not sustainable for him to do his job correctly, but to add the extra pressure to it, mm -hmm. I don't think what Coach did would at all contribute to what happened with the Commandant. It was an unfortunate situation with cardiac arrest. Uh, you know, in 58, it's young. Yeah. I actually thought he was younger than that, but I mean, 58 is young. But my dad, he had cardiac arrest at 52, and uh, it's a bad situation. Can, can we, let's turn to Israel. Right. And uh, the House is likely to pass a limited bill, $14.5 billion in aid to Israel, which is paid for by uh, cutting money for the IRS. That proposal, again, is probably going to pass. Is that something that you would support? That you, Do you want to support that? Or yeah, you think sure, it should, I'd be love to support should that. it be broader, including? Well, I would love to see it combined. I'd love to see it combined Ukraine. with Ukraine because Ukraine, we have an obligation to Ukraine just as much we have an obligation to Israel. I've said this multiple times, but we signed a Budapest memorandum in 1994 guaranteeing Ukraine we'd stand with them in the event, in specifically in the event that Russia were to invade them if they give up their nuclear weapons. There's no expiration date on that. So we gave them our word and we're only as good as our word. So we got to stand with Ukraine and we've got to stand with Israel. Now, if the House has to separate it to get it passed, fine. They have to work their chamber the way they can. And, and Senator or uh, Speaker Johnson mm -hmm. is doing it the best he can so to you get think, something though, passed. It sounds like what you're saying is that ultimately you believe the Senate will pass a larger package and then right. it'll be up to the I House. Do. You do. I, and I you think, would vote for that. I would vote for it, yes. If it's you know, not the package that's proposed now. Uh -huh. I want to make that very clear. The $106 billion, I w I'm not supporting that. There's some real changes that need to be done with that. And we got to make sure no money's going into the hands of Gaza because Hamas it controls everything that happens in Gaza. Right now we're sending in aid through USAID and Hamas is taking it and selling the, the, the food, selling the medical supplies and making money off of it when it's supposed to go for humanitarian purposes. And I know this firsthand. I know this for a fact. There's no argument in that. So if we send in cash, they're going to do the exact same thing. So the, uh, the package needs to make sure that we're not supporting Hamas in any way whatsoever. But I do believe that if this passes the House, which I believe it will, then when it comes over the Senate, we'll probably combine it and send it back. And it may get broke up again. At the yeah. end of the day, we just need to get something passed. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for Dana. coming Thanks in. For having me nice on. to talk to you. Absolutely. And coming up, Hunter Biden is breaking his silence with an emotional op-ed about the fight to get sober and the politics of his battle with addiction as he sees it. A new poll shows independent candidate Robert Kennedy Jr. gaining in a three-way race with President Biden and former President Trump. To help me break this down, what it means, or maybe, I don't know if it means anything, our panel is back with us. So let's look at what we're talking about here. This is from Quinnipiac, the Q poll, as it's known. Uh, Joe Biden, 39 percent. Donald Trump, 36 percent. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., 22 
percent. Now let's just go a little deeper into independent voters. Joe Biden, 30 percent. Donald Trump, 31 percent. Kennedy, 36 percent. A third, a third, a third. Now let's do with the caveat. And the caveat is that this early in the race, uh, voters tend to say, I'm going to go with the independent because they're just annoyed at their choices from both parties. It's still a pretty stark number. Yeah. If you're the Biden campaign. It's early. There's not a lot of polling on this. Um, But I do think we have already seen both sides take this candidacy seriously enough. Like you're hearing Republicans, Democrats saying, well, here are all the reasons why you shouldn't take this guy seriously. Is he really a Democrat? Is he actually a Republican? I think that if you are the Biden campaign, just to point out the obvious, yeah, the issue is that the candidate is unpopular, uh, the candidate being President Biden. Uh, He has a serious enthusiasm problem. So if you're in a situation where anybody can even take even just a sliver of voters away from you, whether it's young people who are just not enthusiastic, whether it's, you know, Democrats who are just kind of curious about the Kennedy name. Kennedy curious. Kennedy curious. Yeah, that, that can actually add up and be really problematic. Yeah, well, what'll be so interesting is that they're likely to be, it's not just a third party. There's going to be a third, a fourth, and a fifth yeah. party this year. You use Cornell West. Right, which, he, by um, the way, he's at 6% in this. And point. then there's going to possibly be a new no labels candidate representing the center in some sort of way, and Bobby Kennedy Jr. And then who knows how this cuts in different states or if it hurts Biden more than it hurts Trump. It's so hard to say at this early stage. And we should also note that it's not like the easiest thing in the world to get on the ballot. Yeah. In particularly in I mean, every state has different rules and timelines. But in some of the states that will determine who the president is, it may be challenging. Yeah. Uh, this poll doesn't show that uh, Robert Kennedy is going to be the next president of the United States. But it does show the potential for a spoiler or multiple spoiler candidates, especially when you have um, two uh, men who are the standard bearers of their party heading toward the nomination for whom there's uh huge amount of controversy on one side and a fair amount of apathy on the other side. And so I think it's something to watch. It's something that bears watching. And it also reflects independence and younger people and in general, a societal trend where people don't like the two-party system anymore, but there's no mechanism to break it. And with each cycle, things move further towards the bases and nobody knows what to do. And so uh, some third-party option is the closest to a protest vote people think they have. So well said. Uh, you came in here when we got this Hunter op-ed. We want to make sure to plug your book because it's really good. I read it. The Last Politician. You see it there. Frank, thank you so much. MJ and Margaret, thank you. Stay with us because up next we have new CNN reporting about Iran's role in the Israel-Hamas war and whether the Islamic Republic plans to get more directly involved. Details after the break. I'm Ina Garten. Welcome to Be My Guest, the podcast. One of the best gifts you can give friends is spending time together. But what's even better than that? Cooking with them. On Be My Guest, the podcast, new friends and old stop by my barn for some conversation and great cooking. We talk about food, life, and everything in between. Listen to Be My Guest, the podcast with me, Ina Garten, and join us wherever you get your podcasts. New reporting right now, top U.S. officials 
in the intelligence uh, world say that Iran and its proxies want to avoid a wider war with Israel. CNN's Katie Bo Lillis is joining me now with more. Katie, what are you hearing from your sources? Dana, the U.S. intelligence community currently believes that Iran and its proxies across the region are trying to calibrate their response to the Israeli invasion of Gaza to both avoid sparking a, a broader or direct conflict with Israel or the United States that would likely result in some pretty devastating strikes on Iran itself, while also still exacting some costs from both Israel and, and the U.S. But as the director of the National Counterterrorism Center told uh, Senate committee yesterday, this is a pretty fine line to walk in. It's ripe for miscalculation. Part of the problem here, both for Iran and U.S. intelligence officials who are trying to kind of determine how these different proxy groups are going to react, is that Iran doesn't actually have perfect command and control over all of these different proxy groups. They all operate in alignment with uh, with Iran's wishes when it suits them, um, but some of them behave a little bit more independently than others. And so, for example, one of the groups that the U.S. intel community is watching particularly closely right now is Lebanese Hezbollah. It's probably the largest and most capable of Iran's proxy groups. It's right on the border of Israel. They've traded some sort of tit-for-tat rocket fire back and forth across the border since October 7th, although broadly they have acted with restraint. And so with the, for the intelligence community right now, the question is whether or not this group, which has sort of positioned itself as a resistor to Israel, is going to be able to stay out of this conflict if things get particularly dire for Palestinian civilians or for Hamas in Gaza. Katie Bolillis, thank you so much. Appreciate your reporting and for joining us. And thank you for joining Inside Politics today. CNN News Central starts after a break. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 